0: What's up, everybody? It's time for another Ghost Coat Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Keefe. Today's podcast is an interview with singer songwriter Kalen Chase. Check it out. Ghost Coat Magazine podcast. Welcome to in. Kalen Chase. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, thank you. How are you? I am swell. Uh, all things considering. Um, as excited as I am to talk about new music and your career and a whole bunch of other things. You know, I like to try to start all of these interviews with a little bit of a human touch because this is an absolute dumpster fire of a year. And I just want to make sure that you're well, your family's well, your music- musical partners are all well, everybody in your circle's okay between, you know, illness and protests and all kinds of things. I just want to make sure you're good.
1: I very much appreciate that. You are uh, a kind sir. And I, uh, I'm doing well, as well as can be expected. I, um, you know, we've had a, a friend or two that, that uh, several friends who've gotten sick, uh, but they have all thankfully recovered. Um, family is, is pretty well. I've got a grandmother who has uh assisted living and so we can't see her that's been pretty difficult but um hopefully we're going to try to do a drive-by uh hello for her trying just to connect and stay connected because i can go into uh into a isolated place and be very good but not realize that i'm actually starting to paint the walls with my feces and start my own religion things can go bad so it's it's really important to use the technology we have to stay in touch with our friends and family and musical collaborators. So I've been well. And you, you haven't gone insane yet?
0: No, not too. I get moments, but mostly I'm good. I think I was sick before this all started. So I think I was, and I work from home typically. So me, I was like, Oh, you know, this is par for the course in terms of staying in. But, uh, Going out to shows and socializing in the music industry—at least, you know—not. We're a worldwide organization, Ghost Cult, but I'm here in Brooklyn, New York, and you know, going out to see live music is like my whole life. So I can't imagine what it must be for you to not be able to play a show or go to a show. It also must be a, a small kind of hell.
1: You you lose a lot of the uh, the excitement. You know, I I came up playing uh, you know metal and. Hell, I came up in the church, and this totally different kind of of emotional thing. Like performance was a deep, deep part of of what I do, and well, I do a lot of studio work. Um, I love that, and I'm still able to do that, so I'm grateful. There, you miss you miss the sweat and the weirdness and the the energy and the frenetic psychosis of of a group of people all there for one thing, and you're that thing. So, yeah, my narcissism has definitely been struggling. I'm having to like perform for myself in the mirror. And then I
0: heckle myself, and uh, it gets weird. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I, I imagine, like, yeah, if it was me, I would be, like, visualizing Stadler and Waldorf from The Muppets, the two old hecklers. <laughs> and, like, making bad jokes about me to me.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, look, the albino's going to do another song. Ho, 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 where are your plugs?
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh um well at least you can laugh and that's a that's an important part of knowing you haven't totally gone insane
1: true true that
0: so so much to unpack and uh before we get into the new music that you have out let's just let's hear sort of the comic book origin story issue number one of you because i think you have a really fascinating background but i'm not sure that my audience is fully familiar with you gotcha all
1: right let's see here (laughs) A quick recap of of the uh, basic origin. I was uh, born in Fullerton, California, but moved to Washington State, uh, the northeast corner in the mountains when I was eight years old, Uh, like many Californians did with the 92 riots, earthquakes. It seemed like California was going to fall in the ocean. So I grew up in a very rural country, 27 acres, forest, lumberjack way. Um, And I. Was always into music. My family was always listening to music. My brother and sister uh, were doing music as well. Um, I took to it very quickly and I started doing opera and classical guitar because I wanted to go hardcore. Um, I was involved in, in my church, so I started singing uh, harmonies uh, with the, the worship leaders because I couldn't match their notes because I was going through puberty. So I just learned to harmonize. All these things kind of coalesced into uh, me walking into a bookstore one day, a Christian bookstore, and finding a band called Zao. It was an extreme metal band, uh, even though they were in a Christian label. Uh, they're arguably one of the great metalcore bands ever. And that kind of changed everything. So I started getting into the harder music. Um, started bands, uh, uh, one band in particular with some friends. Uh, when I was 18, we went to Musicians Institute in Hollywood, California. We packed our stuff. We had no money. We got a uh, five of us in an apartment and we started going, uh, doing music school, brought our band down to here to, here to LA. And, uh, we just started playing, and trying to be the loudest, craziest, most psychotic band that we could be. And, uh, we achieved, uh, a good status of a, of a, Big fish in a small pond in our little circle, and it was really fun. So that's kind of where everything led to 2006, um, when I got a call to do an audition for Corn. I'm a long-winded motherfucker.
0: No, it's no, it's all good. That was very I actually. I actually thought that was pretty concise. Uh okay. Yeah, so I'm uh, you know none of which is you know like a surprise when you followed your career and hear all this stuff, but I think in context it's really interesting to the music you make now because in the music you make as much as I definitely appreciated you as a member of corn and other things you've done um because I like all that stuff too I love this new these new singles you have out and this kind of direction that you're taking as a solo artist I think is you know won't be a surprise to anyone who know, who gets familiar with you but i think you know there's a lot of like you know americana and a lot of like dark folk and obviously a lot of church influence not just the backing vocals but you know everything from chord progressions and lyrics like very spiritual interesting lyrics so um you know is that is that fair to say that's where you draw a lot of inspiration you are you're
1: <clears throat> you're my new favorite interviewer so far man you 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 hit the nail on the head i uh, i really taken a lot of of the the alternative christian rock and and music from the 90s i mean christian music got a really bad name and while i'm not affiliated with the church or um part of that scene at all anymore i'm kind of like the the boyfriend that gets dumped because he's like the girl's friends hate him like most most god's all good with me but a lot of the people in the church were not and i can understand that i'm abrasive but i took that music um and i took my love of of horror and and dark ideas and and then I took my love of Tom Waits and my love of typo negative and somehow all of that has always been with me but doing metal you can only get snippets of that into the music whereas doing my own stuff my own way from the ground up I'm able to really take those influences and and kind of I'm finally getting to do what's always been in my head since I've been 16 so quite happy with that
0: nice it's it's kind of difficult sometimes for artists to kind of you know carve their own path and you know feel that confidence did we have you always been like a very confident writer and musician even when you weren't making music for yourself as confident in my ability to
1: create always um if 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 there's a song or a melody or something like that if 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 you need something like that you call me you're gonna get it um I write songs a lot. I write with my brother for uh, pitching. We're we're writing a bunch of country songs right now. And we'll generally get one a day at least when we meet. But um, that confidence has always kind of been there. I You'd make up songs as kids. I still like to make up joke songs and and things when I'm doing live stuff, just like take a name and do something vulgar. The confidence sometimes wavers in the personal stuff that I'm creating for myself. It's like, is this – effective or am I 10 years too early or 10 years too late uh have I missed the the mark where that stuff would work so there's always the doubt in in the presenting of the product whereas the making of it is that's easy for me and I love it
0: nice man and uh you know obviously it's important to be able to like Trust your own facility on instruments. So, is it fair to say that you are a singer first and a multi instrumentalist second, or is it all just like this is what I need and I'll pull it out of my Batman utility belt today?
1: Um, that I, I say that, uh, especially when I'm doing gigs. But it's by no means the case. I am a I am a singer first, and I can do all these other instruments um, and I can fake it. And I some uh, I. In aspects of guitar, I'm, I'm pretty confident. I, I like my style. Uh, I've got a unique style. But as far as any of the other instruments I play, I could spend five years working on my technique and, and actually become proficient. But I use them to create sounds, and a lot of times I use them to write parts because I have the part in my head, but I want somebody better I have a a new song coming out and I actually just for a one segment of a solo. And then I had to play on the whole thing. I got guitarist, Pete Thorne. Um, who, if you haven't heard of him, he's an incredible session guitar player, solo artist. He's played for, uh, Chris Cornell, uh, Melissa Etheridge, like so many, he's just incredible. And I just needed that solo to sound like somebody who literally touches their guitar every day for years and years. And that's all they, they do. So I got him, and I could have played the solo, but it wouldn't have been as good. So I'm always down to let somebody, I'm always down to throw the the job to the expert.
0: Nice. And uh, speaking of experts on your more recent stuff, you got to work with one of my favorite people ever, Brian from Dresden Dolls and his many projects. Uh, I don't want to butcher his last name, uh, but... Brian Figlione. Is- because I'm terrible. But I have literally traveled all over the country to see Brian in different bands and with Amanda. So uh, what's it like working with him? He's, he's pretty gifted as well.
1: Oh, it- I... I could do an entire podcast just uh, praising him. And I'm not a big complimentary person. I try to maintain my, uh, my uh, status as a dick. But Brian is uh, super enthusiastic. He brings professionalism, enthusiasm, generosity. He's 100% for the song. He will do – we just did a music video shoot. Um, he's on my, my next single, Let Them Come. He's drumming on it, and uh, he did the video. I got him on a green screen and a trampoline. The guy did delivered hundred percent. I'm really excited for everybody to see that. Um, he's just incredible. I mean, I like you, I've been a Dresden dolls fan since 2003 uh, or two actually. And uh, I got to tour. We were doing the European festivals in 2006 And they were on, uh, I think, Rock'em Ring with us in Germany. They were playing the second stage. And I took a little van, went through the whole fairgrounds just to see them side stage. I had a whole plan of, like, you know, becoming their best friend and hanging out. And I, of course, just let them leave after their show because they were playing in the hot sun and they were done. But I've wanted to play with him since I saw him live. So when he moved to L.A., I just shot in the dark, hit him up, uh, and he responded because that's the kind of guy he is. I'm very lucky
0: so i so i take it the current approach is this sing, uh, sort of uh, stream of singles in a row uh it seems that is, like yeah. that's the approach it seems like that's the way to go a lot of uh, some I was saying a lot of some artists are going away from albums and doing more you know smaller releases eps splits and things like that so what a, what attracts you to a series of singles rather than one big release at this point
1: well um I it's because if I don't do it like that, if I go with what I want, I'm going to be living in the past, like the nineties kid. I am Um, late nineties kid. I don't want to tell. I'm not that old. Damn it. Um, But uh, I, this is the way if I get a massive amount of demand, eventually I'm always going to have, you know, like I would love the the vinyls and put out a full album concept records. But right now it's just about building an audience and I don't want to waste all that effort on putting out a bunch of songs to have some of them go under the, the wayside. I don't believe in filler. Um, I want every song to be the best. So even though it's not how I grew up and it's not how I imagined my career taking shape, I, uh, I get to focus on a song at a time and I get to think about every aspect of that song and not worry about a deadline or, okay, throw that in at number seven and it'll be fine. You know, whatever. Like every song is now a standalone and hopefully I'll, I'll put them together in an EP, give extra songs. You know, there's all sorts of things we can do, you know, in the future. But as of now, uh, until something changes, I'm going to be popping out a song uh, every few months when I can, doing a music video. Uh, Hopefully, I've been doing uh, online shows, uh, streaming shows, and I will continue to do those until I can get out into the real world. And as soon as I can, uh, I'm going to be
0: like a bad penny. You guys won't be able to get rid of me. I'll be playing everywhere. Nice. And uh, so, yeah, that was one of my questions. Uh, You helped me with my segue. One of my other questions later was definitely about streaming. And it seems like about 50-50, I interview several bands a day, every day. And uh, it seems like some of them, uh, the technology seems to be the barrier for certain artists. They're concerned about not just on your end, recording, but also if everybody's got a different connection and a different laptop and a different phone and a different browser maybe it's not the most universally best thing but certain you seem to be very good at social media you seem to be very good at streaming so i guess so far it's working out for you
1: well i have uh i have really intelligent people working i'm not gonna lie i am that if i was left to my own devices i would not be in fact i would probably be the crown prince of of shittiest troglodyte uh caveman but my manager uh helps me with my my social media i i do the captions i write the things i say the things but she makes sure that i put them in the right place i've posted by myself twice and she called me in a panic just to make sure i didn't say something horrible um which is good because i tend to have a, a sense of humor that might not always be perfect especially in these troubling times so i have her i've got friends who run uh brian has helped me out tremendously uh brian Biglione. um with uh getting software for for uh, doing lessons online and streaming so i'm still i'm still learning but if i if i just put my head down and do the work and don't think about how how i hate all this so fucking much then uh I, i'm getting stuff done and it's slow and it's steady but yeah there's going to be hiccups but uh, i'm this is my message to every band out there whatever your establishment is don't stop because it's hard or because it's not working now just keep you, you owe it to yourself and to the people who love your music to put out music
0: and perform. So figure it the fuck out. There's, a, there's your pull quote, your hashtag right there. Figure it the fuck <laughs> out. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about good things and when the sun comes up. Um, and I'm super excited to hear about another new song soon. That's great, man. Uh, I really love good things. Um, I, it's, it's a really strange juxtaposition between kind of these very pastoral chords and backing vocals and and even the singing is very like you said it's very churchly it's very based in the church but also some of that tom waits some of that you know maybe even that neil young stuff even Mm -hmm. billy joel stuff like that very singer-songwriter storyteller stuff but then these lyrics are like you said you have a very dark sense of humor You mentioned Typo Negative. You kind of remind me of Pete Steele a little bit with that sense of humor, like very dark. And um, it's a really beautiful match. Like the music plus the dark lyrics work really well. And then I love the lyric video, right? Because you also did a music video. But the lyric video was really good because it kind of – wove the two things right yes
1: yeah i was very happy um crystal's listening she can text me the name of the person who did our lyric video and he's going to be doing the next one um i would definitely want to shout him out he was incredible um the the whole concept of that song was the i wanted that song to be first because it's still macabre it's not too fast you know there's going to be some more barn burner songs coming out but i wanted something kind of centralized and i'm and I'm going to do it a million times so I'm already prepared for people to say I'm derivative and repeating myself. I love an epic wall of sound outro. I love to build and build and then explode at the end uh, with with as much triumph no matter how sad the idea is or or, or bittersweet giving it a big old freaking triumphant outer, outro is 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 my cup of tea. Nice.
0: Um... I I love that. That stuff's kind of, is there a particular uh, inspiration from that in your musical history or does it come from a favorite band or just something that's in your ear that you like? There was a lot of of
1: bands that, that, well, I was also, I grew up with classical music. One of my first words, no joke was Vivaldi. I had a play school play deck and my mom gave me a tape and I would walk around, according to them, I was too young to remember to walk around clockwise in a circle and just and and nobody could bother me and I wouldn't respond until the the tape was done. So I kind of grew up into it. So just knowing chord progressions, and there's something about, you tell a song in different ways, uh, a story in different ways in a song. So you can play off of, of low dynamic and really say something, you know, that whole, like the, it's sometimes more powerful to whisper than to shout. Um, You can do the ramp up, which I'm a big fan of, whereas you start off, kind of slow and you build and you build and then you explode uh there's the, you can tease them you think they think you're going to build and then you don't and it's all about building an emotional thing whether it's tension satisfaction sadness um yearning so you can use dynamics and music even before the words are even on there to do that and i'm really uh a fan of of that vehicle that that uh way of doing it so like if there's a song that i have an idea of before i get too far into the story i think about what's I want to feel when I'm doing it. And I have to remind myself, Kayla, not every single song you do can be a 10 piece band, you know, Epic, which kind of led me into doing, uh, when the sun came up. Cause I wanted, when the sun comes up, I know my own fucking song titles. Um, but as far as bands inspire me, I mean, like I said, Tom Waits, typo negative. Um, there's a band called delirious. who is an English Christian band and plug a lot of Christian music. I swear guys, I'm as heathen as the next of you, but, um, <laughs> I, uh, love that stuff. So i I take inspiration wherever I can. get.
0: Right on. I would never I'm I'm also I'm as metal as they come, but I would never tell anybody not to rep band I love Zayo, I always did. I love Switchfoot, I always will. Uh, yep. I like Stars of Clay for that first couple of records they had. First couple so of records you were know. brilliant. Brilliant stuff, man, especially cuz they came out at a time they were like really against the tide of a lot of other kinds of bands. Yes. Um you know, like the post-grunge, that like late 90s, like you mentioned. Um, so it's really interesting. And uh, yeah, don't ever – yeah, I never tell anybody to apologize for whatever they like because, you know, it helps yeah. everything that you are is from something you gleaned and took and made your own. That's how you – absolutely. Did. I'm always careful um, because, like
1: I've mentioned, these bands and other things before, and I've had a, a, on a couple occasions somebody come up to me and be really, really stoked, um, and they want to talk about uh, Christianity with me, which I have no problem with uh, because I came up in the church. But then, no matter what happens, oh, they'll see something else online. They'll be like, oh, wow you like this, you're not this, and there's this disappointment, or they're like, you're an evil hypocrite. I'm like, no, 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 I just like this music, and it's it's very, it gets so complicated with belief systems and art, like, I don't put the two together, I like what I like, and um, I don't care what anybody believes, as long as you don't, um, as long as you don't get in the way of me and my cold glass of gin.
0: (laughs) Nice. Um, I just have a few more questions for you, man, you've been really generous, and I really appreciate you. So obviously new single coming next. And I'd love to hear about this uh, country record. Is it, if you had to typify it, would you say it's kind of a more mainstream pop country? Is it outlaw country? Is there a specific type of country so what, artist you
1: like? We're doing, uh, my brother and I are writing songs to be um, uh, kind of presented for other artists or, or sync. Like uh, I work a lot in Nashville. So we're doing a lot of mainstream pop country uh, we're doing some outlaw style. We're doing some like, you know, uh, Eagle Southern rock influence country. We're, we've, we're trying to get 30 done. I think we're at about 25 now. And we're going to package them, do some basic demos. And other people are going to sing those. We've written a few that we're taking for ourselves um, that I kind of uh, am going to use the country style, but then turn it into like some like evil goth ballad. So it's going to be a different thing. But most of these songs um, will be hopefully being performed by other people.
0: Nice, I can totally see you do uh, like not a 180, but maybe like a 90 and do like Amigo the Devil, or uh, I'm a big fan of the White Buffalo who I've interviewed for this podcast, Jake Smith.
1: Oh yeah. And stuff
0: like that, very dark folk. He he also was like very uncomfortable with labels and was like, somehow my new record came out and I charted on six different charts, none of which I identified with, which I thought was hilarious. And yeah, uh, awesome. I interviewed him as well. So, yeah, we like a lot, even though we're typ- typically known as a metal and rock website, we cover a lot of stuff. And like, so oh, I, I was really attracted to these songs of yours and I love your voice. And, um, you know, uh, I think this is, you know, we need we I think we're getting into kind of a a vibe culturally where I think. We one of the weird positive things about Spotify and streaming is that people are just kind of opened up a little more now, and not becoming such genre elitists, except for a couple of certain metalheads. And um, yeah, you know, I think it's good. I think it's good to to have this. I think people there may be groups of your fans who will follow you from thing to thing to thing if they haven't already. So I think that's really cool. I hope so because that's the idea. I like I listen to my dad talk about
1: seeing Black Sabbath open up for Leonard Skinnerd, or I mean, even freaking comedians would open up for shows. There was variety, and like you could go and see. And our shows, when I was like doing stuff uh, in my own bands years ago, we would try to have an extreme metal band, uh, a classic rock, like all sorts of things, and we'd kind of be in the middle with our like metal but melodic and it was like great because there was a progression sometimes we'd have an acoustic act and sometimes we'd have performance art and comedians like i agree with you like having this this array of of things to listen to should be making people more open i've been listening to nothing but 90s shoegaze for the last couple of weeks that's what i wanted to listen to and that's all i've been listening to it's fucking great
0: awesome uh, and then just for a last question cuz i would kick myself if i missed the opportunity to chat sort of talk to you about The Lego Batman movie. (laughs) Random. I love the Lego Batman movie, and and I feel like your talent obviously would lend itself to a lot of soundtrack stuff, but uh, of course it's, you know, the the best of all the Lego movies and certainly maybe the best Batman movie is the Lego Batman
1: movie. (laughs) Nice. Uh, that was a trip. Um, my, uh, producer and one of my closest friends, Tato, uh, they were needed somebody to do the backgrounds. It was kind of like uncredited. You'll just be doing this. We got some famous singer. They ended up being Will Arnett, I believe doing the vocals on it, but they were going to have like a a famous rock singer uh, do it uh, I was like, Hey, we need the harmonies. And so I went in to his studio and had probably the most fun I've had uh, in a recording session because there was, there was no pretension here. It's like, we're going to do the butt rock. And I would do the high octave like background vocal. Then I'm like, Hey dude, I can, I can do a higher harmony on that. And he's like, really? I was like, Oh yeah, let's, let's stack this thing. So getting to do like the insane wall of sound harmonies and the ridiculous voices, Was definitely a top top three recording moment for me.
0: Awesome, yeah. Arnett killed it in that movie, also, because his his, I know he had like voice problems after doing that film. But yeah, you just can't go wrong with like every great film begins with narration and a black screen. You can't go wrong with that. I know. I I I wish I knew him. Yeah, yeah. I
1: would have helped him out with his vocal uh, issues. That's what I do uh, on the side. Uh, it's like what you know because i have to do the death metal and then all the stuff i'm doing now so uh you know like will arnett if you're listening i'm here for you and i will give you a slightly reduced rate
0: nice fantastic and fantastic work man uh congratulations on your new music on your whole career and i'm certainly very interested in what's coming down the road for you much appreciated
1: no problem man it's been a pleasure uh and the next song is called let them come we'll be teasing art and videos and all sorts of things so expect that sometime in august and uh once again man this was an absolute pleasure uh i'll try to do something really insane so that i need
0: an excuse to talk to you guys again <laughs> fantastic hopefully in person next time cheers that'd be great take care be safe bye Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally, check us out at ghostcultmag.com. We're out. Peace.